Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Arizona to the Big 12 is UConn going to join. Joe Girardi was going to be the UCF baseball coach for about, I don't know, 90 minutes. And all of the great names that we're hearing out of Bounce House Weekend that could commit to the Knights. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Charge On. As always, I'm your host, Sean Green. Before we get started, as always, a quick word from our sponsors, Bet Online. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's NBA Finals. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right next to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. That might have been the longest intro I've ever done, I think. I'm pretty quick with the intros. I go like very succinct, Rob, but that was very long-winded. I mentioned three separate topics. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Rob Husby back to Charge On. It's been a a long minute, Rob. You've been, you know, hibernating for, you know, the winter's not coming up. The winter's a ways away, but you were basically hibernating before the summer and you decided, oh, okay, I'll pop on an episode here. Yeah, hey, I've been gone so long, you almost messed up my last name. Look at that, huh? <laughs> but uh, no, it's great to be back. Uh, yeah, sorry for the long hiatus. I'm, I, you couldn't get rid of me that easily. Um, but no, real life hitting, work, personal life, you know, you know how it goes, going through the motions. So we get caught up, but I'm glad to be back. Glad to kick back, talk some UCF a little bit today. So happy to be back. It literally took Joe Girardi to like the rumors to bring you out of the hibernation be like okay we'll talk about it and then he's not going to be the coach anymore and we still are going to talk about it but yeah it's it's still interesting to talk about oh 100 percent. we'll get into it again i know i continuously mention it to you guys where we talk more than football i know you guys want to hear the football talk and we're giving you the football talk but we're a ucf podcast we have to talk about all things ucf and that includes ucf baseball when certain news like this kind of breaks today or you'll be seeing this on friday this news broke yesterday um and we're going to get into it but we have a couple things to talk about i want to get into this briefly rob because we don't have anything concrete yet right obviously if you've been a subscriber or you've watched one of our videos you know that we've been kind of keeping up with conference realignment and we usually do a video i don't know i'd say once every couple months because something big happens and we feel the need to cover it on an episode when it directly relates to the big 12 which is the conference ucf is in the big 12 rob i mean they seem like they're the conference that is kind of pushing the pace right now Nobody else is really doing it. Like the SEC and Big Ten are about, you know, they're good. They're they're solid right now. They're not really doing anything. I think the big domino that we've all been waiting for 
is when is the Pac-12 going to make their media rights deal? That's kind of the thing that everybody's been waiting for. But over the last week, it's kind of seemed like it has shifted for Colorado. And we've been kind of hearing reports that Colorado wants out. They want to come back to the Big 12. Dion wants to come back to the Big 12 to start playing in Texas. He could start recruiting in Texas and playing in Florida. I think that's big for Dion Sanders. And I think Colorado seeing, we're not seeing that there's going to be any dollar signs here. We want to go back to our old conference in the Big 12 and start making money. Because there was a breakdown the other day. And like we told you on Charge On months ago, it's looking like schools in the Big 12 with everything into it, you know, uh, money purse when it comes to tournaments and vice versa, that schools would be making about 40 to 50 million a year. Kind of now the new rumors, Arizona might be joining Colorado. It seems like Arizona's ready to jump too. Rob, if you're Colorado, obviously money's very crucial. Money is what runs college football and college athletics nowadays. But when do you kind of think that this is, you know, the Titanic's going to hit the iceberg, for lack of a better term? When do you think that moment's going to happen where one of these schools, like a Colorado, just says, we're making that jump, we're done being waiting for the money to show up, when nobody right now is really saying, hey, we want the Pac-12. It's not like they have a merger like the Live and PGA, right? Where they're like, we'll merge together and, you know, do media, right? It's like they don't really have anybody right now that's really clamoring to have that Pac-12 conference. No, I mean, listen, the big, the two big biggest schools, uh, money-wise and market-wise, are already leaving to go to the Big Ten. So you're already losing USC and UCLA. Uh, the only one really, and I don't want to diss any of the other Pac-12 schools, but the only one other than those two schools that are worth anything really to a lot of other conferences is Oregon. Um, you know, especially well-rounded Oregon's good at basketball, they're good at football, they're consistently amongst some of the best teams in both sports. So, Oregon is also an attractive market. Now, we don't know what's going to happen with Oregon. Are they going to go to the Big 10? Are they going to come to the Big 12? We don't really know what's going to happen with them. But yeah, I mean, it makes sense that a lot of these teams want to jump ship. I mean, we talked about this what, 6 to 8 months ago when these first rumors about the Pac-12 disbanding were were coming up. We knew that a lot of teams were going to start jumping ship. So, it's a matter Matter of when, not if, at this point. I mean, we can see the writing on the wall. So, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense for an Oregon and an Arizona to jump ship. Arizona, you know, they're up and down in football, but they're always a solid basketball school. Um, you know, Colorado is one of the smaller schools, but they got Deion Sanders. They're an attractive destination right now. So they're trying to be up on the rise of football. So no doubt Colorado wants to try to get more money. So I think it makes sense for a lot of both teams, for, for both teams to try to make that jump. Um, the only thing I think is bad, I mean, I think the Brett Yormark has shown that he's very aggressive in recruiting these schools. He's not afraid to expand. He's he's that's it's great to him. Uh, he sees dollar signs with that. So, um, you know, I definitely think he's going to make his pitch. But I mean, it's it's going to be great for the Big Twelve. They're getting they're reaping the benefits of some of these other, uh, you know, some of these other conferences that might be losing uh, some of these teams and and not expanding on their television right deals so the only bad thing you can say about it is ucf's not going to be the only black and gold team in the big 12 so yeah that's the negative that is the negative but uh, listen i think our stance here at charge on has always been the same 
whatever is going to bring the Big 12 forward and whatever is going to make sure that the Big 12 stays for the next 25 years is fine by me. I am more than happy with accepting. Now, it's not just accepting whoever, right? I want to make that clear. It's accepting schools that bring value. Now, maybe 12 months ago, you could look at Colorado and say, they don't bring as much value as you would think. But with the addition of Deion Sanders, and if you don't think that Deion Sanders is one of probably, if not the main guy, kind of spearheading this move, you're out of your mind. I am almost 100% positive he's talked to whoever's high up within Colorado and says, listen, this is all the stuff I want to do. We, we, need a, we need to make more money. I don't know if Pac-12 is going to have money. I want to recruit, recruit in Texas. Like, he still could recruit in Texas, but when you're going to be playing Texas schools, it's much easier to recruit when you play there all the time, right? So, it should be very interesting. I know we've, listen, I've said it the last couple of weeks, we're just waiting for the pin to drop. It, it looks like it's going to happen within the month. Like, I think they have the entire month of June. I think the Pac-12 does. Colorado's had meetings like every single day, it seems like, where they're just, nobody knows what they're discussing, but it's clearly litigation for some some big thing where they have to meet constantly. So I think the next question, and I know Brett Yormark, I love what he's doing in the sense of he's viewing basketball because of how great Big 12 basketball is. He's viewing Big 12 basketball as that in maybe 10 years, he can kind of separately sell Big 12 basketball rights and make a bunch of money off that because those are some of the best games in college athletics is Big 12 basketball games. He's looking at expansion that way too. Obviously, football runs everything. But there's been reports that potentially he's kind of spearheading this UConn to the Big 12 agenda. But there's a potential that they come in with all sports, not just basketball. I think we both probably have a big issue with this. I see, I can see UConn becoming a much better overall athletic school. Obviously, we know their basketball program is great. But I would rather them just be a basketball school. But what is your take? Like, If the Big 12 wanted UConn, are you more on the, the table of let's take them all, let's just bring UConn in, it's only going to help the brand? Or are you more in the same boat as like, okay, if you want Gonzaga, if you want UConn, just bring them in as basketball schools, increase the basketball you know, area of the Big 12, and go from there? Yeah, I mean, you look at it from a financial aspect. You know, does it make financial sense to bring them in as a full program school. I mean, I don't really know. I know UConn football has always been in danger of not being played because the program was just in such disarray a few years ago. Um, but I don't know how they're uh, like volleyball and baseball and, and all those other sports. You know, I couldn't even tell you how many teams they actually have and, and how they succeed. So, I mean, maybe there's also uh you know financial reasons for bringing those those in but obviously the big two draws are men's basketball and women's basketball women's basketball is always a competitive program consistently one of the best women's basketball programs across the nation and men's basketball just won a national championship so 
I mean, it's it's pretty clear to see why UConn is valuable as a school. Now, do you just bring them in as a basketball school, like you said with Gonzaga, because Gonzaga really the only thing worth it is the basketball program? Yeah, but I think UConn, you know, UConn does have a salvageable football program that maybe with Big 12 money and Big 12 exposure, you know, maybe they can make, uh, you know, heavy improvements to that part. So I think for UConn, you definitely want the whole program to enter because you can start to repair some of, you know, those fallen programs like football. So I I get both sides, but I I think you come in as a full, full program, not just basketball. And I think that's all, I think, again, we're waiting for that shoe to drop right like we're waiting for that pin to drop excuse me like as soon as colorado says i want to go to the big 12 and the big 12 like sure come on in i think then you're going to start seeing a lot of other stuff happen like i think the yukon situation is a little bit down the line there's just so much that could potentially happen like brett yormark was visiting memphis it's like are the is the big 12 interested in memphis I understand why. We said, we thought they should have thought about Memphis to to join. But I think, I don't know where the headspace is at. But I'm, as again, like I said, I don't care who you bring in. As long as it is viable for the Big 12 and it increases the brand. And it's not just you're getting a bunch of schools that aren't going to, because the goal that you need to have is to make the Big 12 conference the third best conference in college athletics, in football. And then, make sure you're pretty much number one or number two and everything else or top three. Because if you can kick the ACC to the curb and you can kick Pac-12 to the curb, what is that good for UCF? That means UCF is going to be in a power conference. You're not in the SEC or Big Ten, but you're in the next best thing. So, guys, what do you think? Drop it down in the comments section below. Let us know your thoughts. This is definitely going to be something we're talking about because as soon as one of these teams say sayonara to the Pac-12, We're going to be talking about it right here on Charge On. All right, some more exciting news. Uh, Bounce House Weekend was last weekend. And I can't remember. uh, Last year, I was really pumped for it because I knew, I'm like, okay, this is going to be big. This year, Rob, everything I was seeing, I'm like, it feels like every year it's just going to, it's just taking another leap, right? This year, now... I want to be very careful how I say this. There's not a John Walker where we're like, okay, we're in play for, I mean, a John Walker. But I actually think we're in a better position with players this year where we have a chance to nab a lot more high-quality, top-tier, four-star players than even last year. Last year, I think we did extremely well. But we'll talk about them here. Stacy Gage, who is probably committing tomorrow, cross our fingers, he's one of the best running backs in the nation. We have Tavion Swint, who's already committed for 2025. So you're going to have two of the top running backs in the next two classes committed to you. Now, again, them signing is a different story. You got to make it to signing day. But when you're getting a 91 overall four-star, top running back in the class, committing on June 10th, and then you have some other guys that could potentially also commit to you that are four-star, like Walt Claire Flynn. He's committing on, I think, July 1st. You got Kylan Fox on July 4th. You've got some big power hitters that came to Bounce House Weekend that are highly coveted. And they're coming to UCF in June, July. 
I think, what is your overall take? I know Bounce House Weekend, I mean, the cars alone, man. I mean, they had like eight cars. I'm like, usually a program gets like one really nice one. But that Kingdom NIL money is clearly hitting where we're trying to really impress. And it seems like everybody that left Bounce House Weekend and talked to most likely Brandon Helwig could not shut up about how great it was and how much of an impact UCF had. So, like, kind of give your overall thoughts. Um, I mean, if we see Stacey Gage commit, how big of for that, like, how big would that be for the program, especially in the class? And kind of what are your overall thoughts on the weekend as a whole? Yeah, so let's start with Stacey Gage. So, I mean, like you said, you pair that with Tavion Swint. Again, they have to make it to signing day. But those guys on your roster for at least three years, that solves your backfield for, again, at least three years. At least two to three years. And not even that, Rob. Like, not even them two. You have Demarcus Bowman just waiting. Like, you have RJ Harvey, Jordan McDonald, who's, like, huge as a sophomore. Demarcus Bowman... And you would be adding them, like, and you have Johnny Richardson. It's like I think if anybody says they have the better running back room in the country, I'd put UCF up against any of them. Again, if you get those guys too. But continue. Sorry, I'm just like our no, running back room is no, insane. I, I agree. I agree. And I mean, with, with Gus, I mean, obviously it's going to be hopefully a little bit different under Darren Hinshaw. But with Gus, it's been run first offense. So you're solving your back line, but your uh, backfield. Five years. Five years tops. I mean, you have all these guys, these quality running backs coming in, and then you're going to add two more of the best in the nation, hopefully. I mean, that that sets you up very, very pretty for the next four to five years. So, I, if that's not enough to get excited about there, I mean, yeah, obviously, there's plenty of other positions, but at least there you have a lot of glimmering hope um, over the next half decade or so. So, I mean, you talk about that. He's just one of many that visited over the weekend. So, like you said, Walt Claire Flynn, a lot of these guys, I mean, you saw it all over social media. And again, we're only getting kind of the UCF side. You know, I don't know what it's like for these guys getting recruited at other places, if they're taking photos there, if they're, you know, hyping up how, how well the program is run and how good the coaches are. But what's the number one thing you saw coming out of the weekend? How many quotes of these guys, different guys too, not the same guys, all saying it feels like family. UCF's coaches are some of the best in the country. They treat you like family. They're great. It's a fun environment to be around. So, I mean, you're seeing that all over UCF uh, reporting. So, I mean, that that says it alone right there. Again, I don't know what it's like for some of the other programs that they visited, but at least they show that UCF has been really treating these players in a fun environment and really treating them like family and treating them like they are important. Each individual is important. And I mean, again, you want to talk about social media and the impact UCF has tried to have on it. Look at look at Gus. I mean, they're dressing Gus up in astronaut gear. He looked they're dressing up as well. Oh, he did. He looked great. I mean, it, name me a more fun coach right now in college football. You can't. The guy is having the time of his life. 
he looks like he looks like a typical i know he's from the south but he looks like a typical snowbird coming to florida wearing the hawaiian shirts the big old straw hats wearing all the goofy gear and stuff like that he looks like he's just having fun in like post-retirement it's it's hilarious to watch and he's getting his wife christy involved in it with all of the recruits i mean it's it's just so funny to see and everybody talks him up talks about how good the coaches are talks about how good gus is i mean you're seeing the impact again talk about what you want on the on-field product but the off-field product i don't think ucf has ever been better in in brand recruitment right now no and i think you mentioned it and i was going to bring it up but the one word that you are right that every single recruit continuously says is it feels like family every time i talk to a coach every time i go visit it's a family atmosphere you feel the love and i think that matters more and listen okay stacy gage for example right his final five is consisted of oklahoma penn state florida colorado and us mind it if you go look at all of his offers i mean name a school he has an offer from them the fact of the matter is these guys could go wherever they want they could and 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 I'm not saying Stacey Gates shouldn't come here, right? I obviously want him. But if you look at our backfield, he might not see the field for two years. And he's still willing to come here. Now, granted, again, we don't know if he's committed yet or, or if he'll sign on National Signing Day. But I think, I think previous coaches, and again, the Big 12 mantra does have an effect. I think a lot of these guys, they just want to play Power 5 football. Right, So it helps that UCF is in that kind of, they're now power five. So, And again, you could say, well, maybe they want to go play SEC. Yeah, some guys, they're like, I want to go to the SEC regardless. But I think sometimes what we kind of see out of these SEC type schools is it's such a machine that sometimes what we hear is the coaches don't build enough of a great relationship with the player, right? Because they're recruiting, let's be honest here, there's a four-star 91, you know, overall, or a four-star 94. A lot of these schools are going after the 94, and the 91s are like, I don't really feel the love with these guys. And you kind of see that in some interviews, right, Rob, where it's like, a player's like, yeah, I've heard from them a little bit. And it's like, with UCF, they're hitting, they're talking to these guys all the time. And I actually love, I thought about this last week. Because they had Bounce House Weekend on June 2nd to the 4th. And we are actually having a bunch more recruits come in this this weekend for their official visits. Because they maybe couldn't make it last weekend. or you know, So there's going to be a lot of recruits this weekend. I love, and I know this might be a hot take. I love that UCF has their recruiting powerhouse weekend early in the month. Because I know the month of June is the recruiting window, right? I love that they have it right in the middle of the month because all these guys come in at the beginning of the month and there's a bar set. They they have UCF is the first thing in their mind, right? When they're going to the Florida, what's the first thing? Oh, at UCF it was this. Oh, this is nice. At UCF it was this. UCF, I love that UCF is making it early in the month. Go take your official visits. If we lose out on some recruits because at the end of the day, Florida State had a better pitch or a better a better weekend for them so be it but i guarantee you you win more than you lose 
because you are the first thing in their head is I went to UCF first. Now, I'd either go first or I'd go last. But these recruits will be thinking about UCF. And you can already tell some of them, you already know they're committing to UCF. They make comments like little jabs. DJ Allen. DJ Allen's a knight. Like, he's a knight. He, he literally said, I moved up my recruitment or my uh, commitment to July 4th, and there's going to be a lot of big booms. He's going to be a knight. Now, granted, it's not like he's a four star, but he's a solid three star that can really help the program. And he said that right after he went to Bounce House weekend. So I think you're right, Rob. The program has never been in a better situation when it comes to recruiting. Like, ever. Like, Josh Heupel didn't do this when he was recruiting. And you could say, well, you were in the American. I really don't care. I think you could have made some strides in recruiting because this is a special place. But I think it's so cool to see now. And it's only going to go up. Like, our recruiting rank every year, Rob, over the next five years, if there's a year where you don't increase, then we should be stressing out. Because I think we're at the point where UCF is no longer a sleeping giant. They're here, and recruits want to come here because they have so much to offer. So, I don't know. It's really exciting. Obviously, there will be a lot more to talk about with that towards the end of the month and at the beginning of July when all these guys start committing because I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of UCF commits here very soon. But uh, if Stacey Gage commits tomorrow, which I think... We both think that's going to happen. Uh, we will talk about it in more in depth on next week's charge on because that would be pretty big, pretty big, a pretty big get early in the month of June. All right. Before we close out this episode, let's talk about clearly a very hot take on UCF Twitter. I don't know if our listeners, Rob, are necessarily they don't I don't think they care as much, but you will because even me, a casual baseball fan knew who this person was and was really excited for this to happen I really thought Joe Girardi would be a great great hire by UCF before I give my take you know baseball now I know Joe Girardi I know you know Joe Girardi me and you had I think a similar take I know we talked to a lot of people that had a not so similar take but kind of give your take Joe Girardi is no longer going to be the UCF head coach because he declined it, even though it seemed like all reports and everything was leading to him being the head coach of the UCF baseball team. All the insiders, Brandon Helwig, Stephen Leonard, they're like, this was a done deal. There was a press conference scheduled for today. Today, he was supposed to get introduced. So at the 11th hour, he declines. So, and John Ili- or, um, Iliano put out a, a, good tw- uh, a good tweet. He said something like on the I-4 high. Did you see this tweet? Uh, I'm trying to think. Was I'm going to find it right now. I thought. I think I know. I think I think I know. It says something to do with I-4. And- John Iliano, who I think many of you know the name, named the stadium after him. I-4 between Tampa and Orlando is unreliable, unpredictable, and you simply can't trust it. Don't be like I-4. So, I think that says a lot. Basically, don't trust Joe Girardi because he can be unpredictable. 
Uh, and I think a lot of UCF people assumed that he was taking the job. But he's not. Well, even even John Uliano, as early as last night, was like, "Kick back, it's going to be fun. Fun times ahead at UCF. Can't wait." I got. He's been. He was on like uh, conference calls all day. He was excited. Everybody should be getting hyped. And now all of a sudden, it's like, oh well, not so much. If that's what it was in regards to, which I would assume that's what it was in regards to, was Joe Girardi and UCF baseball. Well, kind of give your take. I mean. I I think obviously I'll give my initial uh, my thoughts. I think there's certain people that are happy, certain people that are not happy. But kind of give your overall take on Joe Girardi being UCF's coach for 90 minutes today and <laughs> is now no longer the, the it literally feels like Billy Donovan with the Orlando Magic back in the day like was the coach Billy Donovan was a little worse. Like he like there was a photo shoot and everything in a press conference. At least Girardi didn't make it to the press conference. But give your take on on this crazy craziness with UCF athletics today. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I said it earlier when we were having discussions. Um, you know, I think this UCF strategy with this hire or potential hire was name recognition. UCF's going into the Big 12. They just lost their head coach, who Greg Lovelady had been coach UCF baseball for, what, four or five years? A little bit longer than that, I even? Seven. Seven years? Yeah. So, I mean, Might Lovelady's be been around for Lovelady's been around for a while. So, a lot of people have felt that the program's gotten stale, that the recruiting really has... They've had some good recruits, guys like Ben McCabe, you know, a lot of guys that that do have potential to maybe one day at least get into an MLB farm system, maybe even in the MLB after a while. But, you know, the program's gone a little stagnant. They're, they're not getting the results. They're especially this season. They, you didn't know if they were bad or they were good. So I you see what UCF was trying to do with this. They're trying to get a name. Joe Girardi, former World Series manager former MLB manager for geez uh, probably at least 15 years I mean he was with the Yankees almost 10 so I uh, I mean you're they're going for name recognition they're going into a new conference how do you break that stale get a get a guy with name recognition and hope that recruits around Florida see that and say oh my god I have the chance to play under a manager who coached in the MLB maybe he can help me get to the MLB one day and I think that's the luster of it now when it comes down to actual managerial skills, we don't know if that's going to work at a college baseball level because college baseball is such a different, such a different beast than than the MLB. You have a lot less resources, you have a lot less coaches, you have a lot less staff. So the recruiting, the the on field product, the management is all a lot harder at the college baseball level because there is just a finite finite amount of resources. And let's be honest, UCF is not a Vanderbilt. UCF is not even Florida when it comes to baseball resources. Baseball is probably what fourth down the list of of important sports at UCF. So they don't have the resources that some of these other schools have. Um, so I, I mean, I I don't know if they would have been able to surround Joe Girardi with the talent, with the scouts, with with the talent of coaching that he may have wanted. So maybe that's why he opted out. Now I do have a theory of why I think he opted out. Ooh, I want to hear uh, it. Well, Miami just fired their head coach, so I think he sees Miami job Miami's job open up and say, mm, maybe I'm looking at Miami. 
maybe I'm considering Miami. So I do agree, but my only the only reason why I think I don't know is his daughter's going to UCF. She's already committed to play sports at UCF. Why would he choose to go coach at Miami when he could be close to his daughter, go to UC, be the coach at UCF, kind of build this program up? I know Miami might offer a little bit more, but I also think like clearly there's a reason he was interested in the UCF job. Like there's there's clearly a reason for that. You've seen people say it. It's one of the most desirable jobs because there is so much potential with UCF. I mean, the fans want good baseball. It's Florida. I mean, come on. I mean, outside of Miami, Florida, and FSU. I mean, Florida and Florida State have always been powerhouses in, in terms of baseball. I mean, they just, Florida State just took like half of our uh, half literally. of our players. So literally, like half the players. So North Florida, especially, is into baseball, and and Florida was recruiting hotbed. It is probably the most uh, the most recruits come out of Florida next to like Texas. So I think, you know, the program does have a lot of potential going into a new conference. So it is attractive to a guy like Girardi, especially when he's probably not going to get a lot of offers at the MLB level anymore. No, he's been relaxing. He's been doing analyst work. He's kind of, you know, semi-retired as, as far as like MLB level. So he probably wants a new challenge. But also, we don't know the backdoor negotiations. We don't know behind the scenes. Was he getting on a conference call today and like, I don't like what they're saying to me? I don't like the salary I'm being offered. Maybe I'm reconsidering. Maybe other opportunities have opened up that I think might be better. I mean, we don't know. And maybe that stuff will come to light over the next couple of days where you start seeing some of these UCF insiders saying, okay, well, this is where it broke down. This is why Girardi's not UCF manager. Um, because it is kind of weird. I mean, you saw right after Mark Feinzend, who is one of the top MLB reporters when it comes to uh, announcements and trades and stuff like that, when that got announced, a lot of the UCF insiders, like you said, were like, that's a lot different than we were hearing because it sounded like it was a done deal. So I'm very curious to see what happened. Um, I don't know if I necessarily would have been thrilled. I think you would have been thrilled for the um, the prospect of having an MLB level manager to come in and try to re- recruit guys, try to get guys in and, and see how he could develop them. Um, but college baseball is just a, a bigger animal than than the MLB. It's a lot different, a lot less resources. They're they're the same sport, but they're just not the same style of coaching. They're not the same style of recruitment. It's such a weird it's such a weird situation. Um I was really pumped. I was really pumped. I've I my dad is a huge Yankees fan, so I I've seen a lot of Joe Girardi managed teams over the years. So, I'm not going to act like I'm an expert on college baseball. I'm not. I watch UCF baseball when I want to watch a game. And I probably couldn't I couldn't sit here and tell you, "Oh, the coach from Coastal Carolina is so much better." I can't sit here and do that, right? There is a weird So we have friends that are clearly, they view themselves as college baseball purists. They know college baseball. They know baseball more than me. They were trying to tell us why it would be such a bad hire and we hope he doesn't become the coach. Here's my take. I could give, and and I'm sorry to UCF fans if this, I could give two hells if UCF baseball was good 
if you hire Joe Girardi. Because what does the hiring do? Now, granted, I understand the argument of it's just a trophy hire. It's just a it's a it's a splash hire to get people talking, and then nothing comes of it. Which I agree with you. But let's be honest here. Do any like we have the hardcore UCF fans? Who the hell else talks about baseball for UCF? Let, let's like let's let's have that conversation. Who goes to the basketball games? Do you? If you're watching this channel, do you go to the basketball games? I want to know. You had a top five potential top or a, at minimum top ten NBA draft pick, and nobody went to basketball games. So you all want to complain, and this is the problem. I really liked. I know it's not happening now. I liked the hire because it was a huge name, got people talking on social media. Guess what? At the end of the day, it would pack that ballpark at on campus. People would go to see a Joe Girardi UCF baseball team. And that's what the goal is. You want people to show up to the games. And UCF baseball games are, are, are well attended. I, I'm not saying they're not attended well. But at the end of the day, what you're trying to do moving into the Big 12 is create a bigger name for your school. The fact of the matter is, if a coach like Joe Girardi wanted to come, I don't care if it is a just make the splash higher. That looks really good to everybody else. Somebody com compared him to Herm Edwards. Did Herm Edwards win a damn Super Bowl? Go look at Herm Edwards' record and compare him to Joe Girardi and tell me if they're applicable. They're not. We are not Arizona State hiring Herm Edwards as a splash hire. UCF hired Gus Malzahn, who's won a national championship in college. The fact that we should be talking about is that these high-end, high-profile coaches would even consider. Like, Joe Girardi was is considering. He considered coming to a college to be the manager when he's coached World Series teams. I could care less if he's a good recruiter. He wouldn't need to recruit. Like, that's what people are not talking about. He wouldn't need to recruit. You like a kid? Hi, I'm Joe Girardi. Come to UCF. I have connections. I can train you. I can tell you what you're doing right and wrong. I think you're a hell of a player. Come play at UCF for a couple years, and I'm sure we can get you to the league. Why the hell do you think people go to Memphis? Do you really think people want to go to Memphis to play basketball? No. They go to Memphis because Penny Hardaway's there. Now, some might say Penny hasn't done really that good of a job at Memphis. Guess what? Some of those kids can still get drafted. There is a respect thing in sports, and I know I'm going on a tangent, but I hate when these baseball purists who, listen, you know more than me. I I admit, you know more than me when it comes to baseball, recruiting, and all that stuff. It's different than the MLB. But guess what? College football is too. College football is too. And if Tennessee hired Peyton Manning to be a head coach, do you really think Tennessee fans would be like, Ugh. He's never coached college football. He didn't know how to recruit. No. Peyton Manning's one of the greatest of all time. I think regardless if he's an average coach, you're going to get recruits.
And yeah, you're right. There's not a lot of money in baseball. Straight up. Colleges aren't forking millions upon millions of dollars into college baseball. It doesn't pull that much money in. So if they were to get a guy like Joe Girardi, it'd be a home run hire. They're not getting him anymore. So this is all is invalid. But I don't like where there's certain UCF fans saying, oh, that, thank God, or I don't want him. That's that's bad. It's like, okay, I'm sure whoever we're going to hire is going to be really good, but it's not like it's going to do anything in the sense of our team is a, a wreck right now. Whoever we bring in is going to have to recruit fast, get a bunch of players really quickly, put a staff together, and go into the Big 12, which is a really good baseball conference. Rob, did I sum that up? I mean, I think you summed your thoughts up pretty well there. Yeah. I was very frustrated. I was very I, I frustrated. Don't necessarily, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I think UCF can get, still get, there's a lot of college coaches out there that might be looking uh, to make the switch. So I think they can do well there. I'm sure whatever coach UCF does hire, at the end of the day, will be a better coach. 100%. In the college scheme, college landscape. I'm just saying for people that were acting like it's the worst hire in the world and Joe Girardi is this like terrible baseball coach and and he'd be a terrible recruiter, it's like I'd have a hard time believing that. I think he would do he would have done incredible things at UCF and he would have really helped the brand as a whole, not just the baseball team, but UCF as a whole. That you have a, a former World Series coach, manager, excuse me, manager coaching your Big 12 Knights baseball team. I thought that would have been incredible. We have spent way too long talking about that. Hopefully, straight up, Rich Wallace to UCF. Make it happen. Terry Mahajer, bring the hometown hero home and have him steal the players that Florida State stole and bring them back to UCF because I don't even know if we have a roster right now. So, like, bring him home and then have him steal our players back. All right, Rob, any final thoughts before we close out episode 53 of the Charge On podcast? No, I'm I'm here. I'm here for the the storm that's about to come your way. I'm sure there's no storm. If you're still watching this at this point, kudos to you. We love you guys. <laughs> Yay, um, you made it. Thank you for making it all the way to the baseball talk. <laughs> We'll know if anybody really listened to baseball talk if we have comments. If we have comments, we'll know people made it this far. We'll know. All right, guys. That was fun. Hopefully, we have a baseball coach here in the next week because I'd love to talk what a about to, it. What a, what, a, what a podcast to come back to. Right? That was, that was great. Um, RIP Joe Girardi's uh, UCF coaching career. And hopefully... Hopefully, we can bring in a coach that's really going to help the program going into the Big 12. Um, and we can talk about it next week, hopefully, if there's a hiring. All right, everybody. That was a very interesting episode. Let's just say that. This has been Charge On, presented by Bet Online. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.